365 days last week we went without a win. Now this is our first show after a loss in that time, so that's not much fun. Uh, welcome to the Tiger cast. Sitting alongside me, we've got CB17 and Tiger71. How are you, fellas? Good, matey. I hope everyone's well. Yes, going Hello. well, thanks. Pretty uh, pretty flat game on the, week, on the weekend on Thursday night, wasn't it? Losing to the Hawks. Oh. So. 32, yeah, 32 points. Not the uh, yeah, I lost the household battle, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, look, if I can kick it off, CB, if that's all right, mate. Um, Go for it, man. Go for uh, it. Yeah, a few things I took on the game. And I've, I got some information from a birdie that sort of puts the game into context, which I wanted to share. Now, I can't, I'm not going to mention who it is. I'm not the top of bike to name drop, but he, he would know. Um, apparently the Tigers have been in a heavy training phase um, and people are going to listen to this go, oh, you're making an excuse, but just hear me out. For the past four weeks, we've been in a heavy training phase um, and mainly focused on repeat efforts. Um, that's why it sort of, after I was told that, it sort of makes sense why our forward line looks so slow. And, and the reason for that is the clubs identified, we really didn't get into full training, I think it was sometime in January, early January or mid-Jan, because um, obviously we played off in the grand final. So we really only had about two weeks, three weeks of solid training before the COVID stuff happened. Now, um, some people will suggest, oh, well, but the COVID ha- impacted everyone. Yeah, you're right. But the other sides had came back in, in November, some of them, the ones that didn't make the eight, and others came in December. Um, so they've had an extra five, six, seven weeks of additional training, additional condi- conditioning, all that sort of stuff. So we haven't had a chance to build that endurance base. Um, so I know they've been doing a lot of work on it. Um, I still think it's ongoing. I think they've. I think it's next this week will probably be the end of it. Um, but it's heavily focused on repeat effort, uh, repeat effort, repeat effort. That type and get that endurance into the legs. So, and why that's important. Um, and the Hawks game highlighted is where teams at the moment. Let's just call it what it is. Teams are flooding us. Like Hawks did it really well um, when they lose possession. They'll they know where you launch a lot of attacks from the back line. Um, but they, 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 what they're doing is they're generally flooding us on either – so if we, if we get game possession, they'll go to the back. If we lose possession, they'll go to their forward line with numbers. And the reason why they're doing is a lot of our offence – people talk about our pressure starts it, our back line um, does it. No, it's really a half-forward line. A half-forward line is what generally creates that overwrap because they run to the back line and then they run back forward. Um, and they do that all game, and that's and most back lines can't keep up with it. It's always been well documented. They can't do it anymore because they don't have that in their legs. So hopefully we're doing the work to address it, and once we address it, it's going to take the a lot of pressure off that midfield um, because our midfield's strong when our half-forwards are supporting along the wings, the wings and the outside of the box, if that makes any sense to anyone. They can't do that now. Um, they're not getting that support, so they're very getting very easily outnumbered, and um, what was highlighted to me from my birdie was look at the Collingwood game. A lot of the Richmond handballs went to a Collingwood jumper. Normally would have a half forward there or, or, or um, half forward would allow a midfielder to peel off um, to be in that position. And that's what's caught us off guard. Um, they've identified it. Good luck to the Saints if they're going to try to flood us like the other two sides. Um, but um, I, I, I left the conversation with a lot more confidence um, that we're going to turn this around pretty quickly. We're just putting the work in now and we're just taking the hit. While it's early in the season, it's it is only round three. Um, it's our first loss in fourteen matches, so a bit of perspective. Uh, talking to you, big footy, you know, had some numb nuts wanting Jack to retire, and you know the, the game plan has been worked out, and you know we've got to change our game plan completely. All this sort of crazy stuff. Just take a breath, you know, have a lie down. 
touch yourself if that's what makes you relax, you know, whatever, whatever works. But it's just at the moment we are not physically right. And I think anyone could see that. Someone, um, someone asked me, um, how can a forward miss an easy shot on goal late in a game? It's because their legs are full of rubber. They don't have – the forward line's doing a lot of work. They're doing a lot of those repeat sprints. So by the end of games, unfortunately, they're, they're running out of gas. But we know what's going to happen. So we've got to take that um, – we're going to take, um, take the hits – but, well, um, the, yeah, the, no. issue for, the issue for me is still the first quarter. Like we've got another yeah. game with a goalless first quarter, and that's when they're going to be at their freshest. Albeit mm. if they've got a heavy workload on during the week, yeah. but that's something. If we rectified that quarter alone, we could could have potentially won the last two games because we managed to peg everything back as the last three quarters rolled on. So I, I think that's the biggest thing they've got to address is we can't be giving teams five goal head starts, and I, I don't think that's got too much to do. With, it'll have a little bit to do with the fitness side of it, but there's something else amiss that why that keeps happening. But it's the free kicks. We're getting stung more. I, look, I hate using it as an excuse, right? But um, we're giving away forward 50 free kicks. That's what's killing us at the moment. Like, I think Hawks had three free kicks in the first quarter. Um, Collingwood had three in the first quarter, and then it compounds itself. Now, some of them weren't there. Some of them were there. It's just because we're not getting that, the best way it was sort of explained to me is our midfield group is used to having X amount of numbers around a contest, right? And moving forward to defence and support. We don't have those numbers anymore, but they're used to a habit. They're used to a method of play and they, they default into, okay, I'm running in, I'm going to support. That's why if you notice a lot of the easy goals are easy because they're getting the ball on the right-hand side. There's no defender there to stop them because the defender's on the other side. Because normally there would be a forward in there. There would be a um, half forward would have been in that position. So they're getting caught out that way. Um, and so it's on us. It's not on the opposition, really. It's it's on us. We haven't adjusted as well. Um, I don't know if that's um, – well, obviously, we haven't adjusted as well. And it's stinging us at the moment. Um, and, look, I'm, I love my club, but I'm not a blind defender of it. When they suck, I'll fucking come out there and suck. Anyone that was on the big footy th- thread would have seen me. I, it was all work rate. We were getting outrun. Um, they beating us on the outside. They were beating us in the inside. Um, in that first quarter, all throughout most of the three quarters, uh, from uncontested possession, contested possession, so they were just outworking us. That's why a little bit I do give them an out because I think we're putting so many load running loads on them during the week. They're going in a little bit, eighty percent, not at a hundred percent. And we know if you're out of your game five ten percent, you're going to get done. So, but we've done this before. This is not an old. We, when we felt like we were behind, and said we've put heavy loads into them, and then they get smashed, and then next thing you know, we just start going win, 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 win. So, but it's been more critical this year because of, you know, the lack, really chronic lack of training that we've had. And CB, what's, what was your take on the game, mate? Oh, I agree with everything that's been said. Um, it's it's really work rate. It's, it's coming down to work rate. Um, the, these guys, they're warriors, so it's never a question of um, their commitment to the cause. Um, and like I said, after after Tig spoke to Big Bird, we'll call him. <laughs> he's a big bird, isn't he, Tiggs? Yeah, he's, he's a big, big bird. bird. <laughs> he's a big um, bird. It's it's fair to say. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense because the lack of energy and drive that you're seeing these guys, um, we're just not getting to the contest like we are used to. And it's funny uh, thinking about the game. I can't remember the last time I watched us go goalless. Two games in a row in the first quarter. I can't. I can't recall a time. No, crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is highly like everything else about this 
satanic year that is 2020. Um, it's just another unusual, <laughs> unusual thing that's occurring. Um, but but like I said, it's oh, it's not jumpers hit the floor type stuff. But uh, you would hope within the next two or three weeks we see, we certainly see a change change in um, certain areas of, the, of our of our game. It's funny because by contrast, I mean, you look at the round one game we played against Carlton. We think we kicked seven goals to one in the first quarter because our build up would have been done accordingly and they would have already done, probably done a little bit of that heavy training load maybe but then having to reset it and start again um yeah the timing's a little bit shit but the uh the tackle count was the other sticking point for me which once again comes down to work rate 27 tackles for the game which is one of our lowest i think i heard someone say since like 2008 or something ridiculous yep. like that yeah uh, we had eight players with zero tackles and five players with one tackle and i mean you have that in any game you're going to get done aren't you yeah, and the thing is, is that if you look at a broken tackles, right? Oh, See, we for were me, missing heaps, weren't we? Yeah, when you talk oh. about work rate and desire, um, CB hit on a really good point. It's not effort from them. It's not like they can't give a shit. Like, I know some people after the game go, oh, look, Cochin's smiling and all this. That's all rubbish because it's because they've been, oh, this is my belief, and this is from what I kind of believe where I heard it from, because they're so heavily in a training phase at the moment to try to catch up to the rest of the competition. When it comes game day, yeah, they have petrol in a tank. They're not being mismanaged and they're being rotated and all that to try to keep them as fresh as they can. But we, if we're going to lose games, we're going to lose games. We prefer it early in the year. But that was the message that came across. But it, it sort of reinforces the point that when they try to tackle, they can't hold it. Um, when they um, – by the broken tackles, it's just skyrocketed and hence we're getting very low tackle numbers. Because at the end of the day, we're not, we're not um, getting in the right position or by the time we try to tackle, we're fatigued or we're – whatever the reason is. Um, so, look, I – I have faith in this club. Like, mate, we could lose the next eight games and I'll still believe we'll win the flag next year. That's how much faith I have. And once the season starts to normalise, right? And people might go, oh, you contradict yourself. You know, you've got blind faith. No, they've proven they're a consistent side. They've got runs on the board. Oh, mate, if you lose one game in 14, like Kane Corns on SEN um, a couple of days, about teams he can, but he, he, he trusts. He trusts Port. Can you believe it, right? It's fucking game three. Right? How many times in a year do they start well and then fall off? The, but he trusts Port, right? He trusts Collingwood and he trusts one other side, but not Richmond. Keep in mind, Richmond's just won the last 14, um, 13 games or 12 games, draw one and thing. You can't get any more consistent than what the Tigers have been. So I um, know oh we'll get back. Uh, you don't lose talent. Um, and our efforts there, it's just unfortunate we just don't have, this, we just don't have the petrol tickets. Um, so once that sort of rectifies, we'll, I reckon we'll just go bang. I, I really believe it. Once... Yeah, we'll go. We'll hit them hard, but it's just getting there. No, nah, fingers crossed. I hope you're right, and um, it'd be nice to see us come home with a, you know, a bit of a, a strong run like we did last year. But uh, the, I want to do a little bit of a player watch, and uh, the, the the club officially beat me to this today, but it's no surprise because he deserves all the credit he can get. But Nick Loston, his last two games have been pretty outstanding, and I still feel like he might be underrated in other parts of the league, but. Just watching him play, he's like our own version of a Luke Hodge kind of role with a, a little bit of rants chucked in there as well. Just the way he reads the ball, uh, his courage, his ability to peel off and his disposal as well coming out of the, the back 50. I think he's been one of the highlights for us for the year so far. Agree. Yeah, spot on. Look, I know I love. I would love for Grimes to be our next captain. Um, I would love it. Um, but, mate, if Loston got it, he'd be my number two choice. Um, he's just, he's, we can be beaten, and but he's the one that's generally never beaten. He always, 
Um, he's got his head torn. I'll never forget the moment from two years ago where he kicked that goal in the preliminary final against Geelong where we needed someone to kick yes, a bloody goal. Yeah, outside 50. Good kick. Yeah, and that kick started it, right? Um, he didn't try to chip kick it. He didn't try to handball it. So when people say, oh, he's too quiet, he doesn't have leadership, mate, that kick showed me he's got leadership, you know? Um, yeah, I'd love, I love him as a player. All right. Uh, CB, were you going to run with your bloodbath tonight? I am. I'm prepared to cop a fair bit of heat on this uh, in Twitter sphere because we know Twitter likes to go berserk. Um, but I'm going to roll with a bloodbath here, and this is my take for this week. It's time to cancel the season. I agree with you, actually. I think the call has to be made. It kills me to say it, to think it, but every single fibre of my body says it's the right thing to do currently. We're already watching a compromised product. We've got shorter quarters, shorter season. We're in hubs. But, and, and we know who, and, and Michaels will testify. I had this pre written before everything broke today. <laughs> you, you did. You did. You texted through right. to me. I can verify uh, that. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the fact remains okay. So they're saying that the, the player may not have tested positive now, but it still puts the test case out there, right? A, t- a player testing positive, it's really brought it home. We, we can't beat this thing, right? And if you look at the Essendon situation with this young man, right, we, we, we can't risk diluting the product further to a further substandard um, that, that it already is, right? So you look at this player. Now, he was an emergency. He was on a plane with North Melbourne. So um, they go play two separate teams. So Essendon play Sydney, North play GWS. So all of a sudden that one player, if he was positive, that's four clubs impacted automatically. They come back to their families, to what have you. So that's just sort of a very basic scenario of how easy this season can be blown out of the water. Like it's, We are like playing with grenades every single day. And, um, and don't forget the medical staff, everyone else on top of it, right? And then you've got to add on the issues with state border control, with the state primaries and the different stages of, uh, of what they're doing. So now you're talking, um, like West Coast, for example, they said that after the Richmond game, they're going home. And they want to quarantine in their homes. But the state premier saying, bad luck, guys. You come back to Western Australia, you're in the motel with everybody else for two weeks where we can actually monitor what you're doing. Um, there is so much stuff going on around this. So you're talking, if we go into a hub into Western Australia, Potentially, the season gets held up for two to three weeks while we go through quarantine. So there's another delay. Then in the meantime, if someone does test positive, there's another delay. It's just, this is too big. Gil's done a wonderful job. He's done everything he possibly can. So I'm not potting state premiers. I'm not potting Gil. I'm just saying that this current pandemic is too big. We, we can't bullshit our way out of this one, unfortunately. 2020 um, has been a nightmare. And footy was the one ray of sunshine in tough times that we had. But I think we need to rethink it. I can't see us completing the season. It's time to pull the plug. Bloodbath over. Yeah, I think, and then we, I mean, it's further validated, I guess, by the, the AFL changing their rules today with the footy clubs that they now can no longer have um, contact or tackling in training sessions when the whole group's involved. They can only do it in smaller groups of eight. So. You know, clubs these days with the stop-starting kind of thing are going to need to do match simulation stuff to get up to speed, to cover off game plan, things like that. And now they can't really do it. So 
they're just sort of taking away more and more things that the clubs can do to prepare themselves for games. And it's, yeah, it's like, where do you draw the line? Well, we risk further injury to players. It's just, and, and the other sad thing is, like my, my rant last week, players can't be trusted. And, and the thing is, you only need a very, very, very small percentage to do the wrong thing, and it blows the whole game out of the water. That's that's the flip side. It's not, you don't need a group of people doing bad things. You only need two, three, four blokes doing the wrong thing, and it can wipe stuff out. Like, you look at Essen this morning, all the talk was before the the, the, the false test come out this Arvo, all the talk was Eston were going to have to play with eight, without eight players. Can you imagine trying to support a Richmond game, it doesn't matter how diehard you are, if all of a sudden we lost our back line? Or you lose your midfield, all of a sudden you're watching us try and compete against Collingwood and there's no Martin, Cochin, Edwards, whoever in there. To be fair, well, Essendon need to be used to that from 2012. Oh, yeah, don't worry, we, we gave it to the Essendon bloke who was with us. <laughs> Could you believe that? But I mean, the, the point is, yeah, I know well, what you that, mean. That's, that's, a, that's a real scenario. Do you really want to start watching games where eight blokes are wiped out automatically and they're just, oh, you've got 32 on your list, fill it in. Bad luck, boys. Like, it just, it's a joke. We, we need to just say, you know what? Pull a plug. Yeah, the sad thing is, is though, Gill is, and with the AFL, they, they need the money because um, they prop up so many clubs that can't afford to, that will die without the AFL money coming through. So what I think their game plan is, is, yeah, well, if it's compromised, it's compromised. We don't really care. We're getting, we've revised our um, media um, deal with the TV networks. So what we'll do is, even if we can get 18 weeks out of it, then we cancel the season. Even if we can get, if we can milk this to 20 weeks, and then cancel the season. At least then we only have to give back X amount of dollar. We don't have to give back all of it. That's what I think the game plan is. So they don't give a shit, right? Which is, I, I don't mean they don't give a shit as they don't care, but they don't, they don't, they don't care the fact that it's to have compromised teams. I don't even really think they care the result. They're just trying to get the season for as long as physical possible. And if they can get it to 22 games and then go to the broadcast and see, we gave you what you wanted, um, they'll get all their money. So it's money. Basically, bottom line, it's just money, and it's and it's sad. Um, like, I was a believer, and I love my footy more than most. And I, even before they um, the season started, I said, you know what, just don't have the season. You know, and we'll just deal with it in 2021 or in the off-season of the 2020. Hopefully, by that stage, um, everyone's well. You know, we can get money for the clubs that can't afford it because we can have, we can have unofficial games. Um you know, people will pay a media subscription you know, on on the club's website so they can stream it. There, there could have been alternatives um, to get some money coming in. Yes, it will be brutal for some of those clubs, but right now it's just a Mickey Maps. You've got Mickey Mouse type of competition. You've got teams that are a lot more advanced than other teams coming up against each other. You've got teams that basically um, – so you've got teams going up with one arm behind their back. And it's that's why um, it's – I said it to – I called SCN2S and I said, mark my words, it's going to happen. I said – and I got proved right – it's no mistake that the top four of last year, and that's been the top four for the past three years, all have lost um, most of their games. West Coast, GWS, Richmond, and now Geelong. And it's because they're less advanced. Um, and, um, yeah, if it stays the status quo as it is now, then I wouldn't be surprised that all these teams like Ports and all that, your Gold Coast, for heaven's sake, Right. There's so much, and that's a perfect example of it. Look at Gold Coast, how advanced they look. 
If we played them now, we'd lose by four goals, right? Not because they're a better side than us. We've proven that they're not. Um, not because they've got better kids than us. It's just they've had freaking 13 weeks more training than we've had, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. You ask any marathon runner. People compare our games to marathon. Ask any marathon runner. How do you reckon you'll go running a 15K marathon if you did two weeks training compared to the rest of the competition that's done 12 weeks? What's the chances you give yourself? I'll say 9.99% of the time, they'd lose. And that's what we've got. We've got a top eight of performing sides. that are got, And people then pull out why Collingwood. Why and look, good on them. They've gone in hard early. Um, and it's great prep for them. They have did those extra practice matches. They they went in hard early. Um, you know, the, the pessimist of them is, you know, they've got a closed stadium. Maybe they're doing, you know, full contact drills themselves. Who knows? Um, but they're obviously a lot more advanced um, than the other, one, other ones around them. So good on them. But everyone else is not. And it's showing. You know, it's showing. So I don't reckon it'll rectify to about round 12. But we'll see. We'll see if I'm proved right. How do you reckon Adelaide are going after having an extra oh, 13 weeks of training? We've broken them. We've broken them. We've broken the club spirit. The club, um, see, they're, they're a tale. They, they remind me so much of us. Um, when you mismanage a list by holding on to it for too long, thinking that your shot's nearly there. Um, and we did it in the 80s. That caused our spiral down, um, early 80s. Um, late 70s, actually. We should have really done a few cuts before then. But when you hold on to your champs or what you call champions for too long and you forgo the draft and you forgo growing your own, this is what you get. And they're a, sh- they're a shadow of their club. They're, um, they're done. They're done and dusted. If we add COVID on top, and you fit, and this is an hour from I can't stand out late, but I'll give them an out here mentally. Most of the players probably can't. Yeah, we're shit. Um, plus, we've got COVID on top of it all. Plus, we're playing in a hub. Um, yeah, it's a perfect scenario for everything to go wrong for them. And can I just say on the flip side, um, I, I know I brought his name up uh, on a previous podcast and uh, someone spat out his uh, coffee. But Brandon Ellis was probably best on ground, I thought. He did he play was, good. He did play he good. He was outstanding. He ran to all the right... You know what? He looked exactly what we've been missing the last two weeks. He was in all the right areas. He was gut running. Um, Brando played an absolute cracking game I, I must for Gold admit, Coast. Watching that Gold Coast game, I felt like I was watching a 2017 version of us. The, just the yeah. way they were playing, it was it was very... I don't know, I just felt it was very similar. Yes, yeah. it was good to, Good to see a former Tiger, though. Good to see a former Tiger. Still yeah. still loving the house for him. Uh, good to see him going well. Yeah, look, good on him. But, again, they've had the training that most yeah. other sides haven't, and it shows. That's why I can't wait till a non-COVID season. I can't wait because reality will come back really quickly. For a lot 2026. Of oh, let's hope it's not. Let's hope it's 2021. All right, during the week, I put out a tweet to all the listeners to submit some questions for us to answer, and we were inundated, which was good. So thank you for everyone sending those through. Um, instead of all of us discussing every question, we'd be here for another couple of hours. So we've divvied them up, and we'll all take turns in answering some questions that come through. Uh, so the first can question... Can I do the oppo? Can, can I do my oppo? I prepared for the Oh, oppo. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah go sorry. On. We thought we were going to do the oppo before it. Um, just real quick, because I, I, I feel like you don't love it, Michaels, and it hurts my feelings. So I'll try to be as quick as I can. No, no, no. Um, no, I'm kidding. Now, Saints, they're, they're, again, you know, a bottom four side, but you talk about a Tiger um, that you love seeing. Well, I love um, I love Dan ba- Dan- Daniel Butler. He's 
taking his chance. Um, see, with the difference between him and Ellis is Ellis was, I think, was one point when their side was dominating. Um, Butler, his side was getting smashed and still kicked two goals, 16 disposals, 11 contested, four tackles. Um, and two of the five goals were from him. And plus he set up his score assists. Um, he's leading their club in tackles. So he's a good, he's a good um, honest player. And, he, and, he, and he's showing that as to what I think about next week, um, I've got a feeling, and, I, and this is a credit to Ratton, I think they'll go on their merits. They're not going to be, all right, let's flood the back line. Um, they're going to go try to beat us in their own game. So it's going to be a pretty good game, and I hope it's that way. Um, so I'm bullish that we'll get a win out of it. But I've got to just say, Paddy Ryder, son, I hope you're listening, mate. Just can I – I'll give you a bit of advance, mate, from Tiger 71. Lay off the six-pack of VB and stop eating Hungry Jacks when you finish training, son. Hey, did you see how big he was? Is he Gary Ablett Jr. Big? Oh, he's he's he reminded me of that um, Rioli. What's his? You know, Ro- you oh, know Dean Ro- Rioli. Dean Rioli, same body shape, just he's taller. Guy's massive. So he's not quite Derek Kickett big or Gary Ablett oh, Jr. Big. No, look, yeah, he's getting there. He's getting there, but look, he just needs to ease up. I know. Um, I know he hasn't had the chance to. You know, but COVID, when you have to quarantine yourself, you know, don't get any takeaways, son. Just, you know, get into lettuce and eat something <laughs> healthy. Be, do, go for a jog outside. No, he looked big. He's really top-heavy. I don't know why they're playing him. They're Marshall, they're, he's, he's basically – what's hap, what happened to him at Port, he's doing um, to Marshall. They're not giving a – you know, they're young rucks. And they've got good quality young rucks because he's, they're forced to play him. So I reckon it's going to be tough. It's, Carlisle looked like he had a little bit of form. Which was good. Um, Billings, he's a decent player. Um, yeah, they've got a bit of talent, but I still reckon we'll get up. All right, well, we'll carry on the preview for the St Kilda game, given that we've, uh, you've gotten the ball rolling there. We'll come back to the questions at the end. Uh, you're right, it's, it's a very big game. The The Saints have been looking good. I know they got done by the Pies by 44 points, but um, they looked at me in Bucks the week before, didn't they, against the Dogs? Yeah. Is it, is, it the, is it the rebound factor that scares me a little bit, I think? You know, like, Coming off a loss like that, they'll know that that's not acceptable. That's not how they wanted to play. So, yeah, seeing how they respond will be interesting. CB? Yeah. Sorry, I got a bit lost there, boys. <laughs> we understand with your age and all. It's okay. Did you have your medicine? Just, just nodded off there for a sec. No, oh, poor, poor um, man. I'm just going to say, I've been pushing... I don't understand when you win a flag by a billion points, all of a sudden you go away from what made you great. And I've been pushing for two rucks, and I'm seeing there's nothing that I'm seeing right now that says, geez, going in with one ruck is a good idea. Because we made Jonathan Segler, I mean, Jonathan fucking Segler, look like Wayne Carey on Thursday night. So the problem you've got, is what do you do when you go into a game with one ruckman and they're getting absolutely pantsed? You have no plan, bro. You know what we did? We stuck Nathan Broad in the ruck and Marlon Pickett. Like, we, we've got a, a really, really good setup when we, we roll with what plays to our strengths. And our strengths are, I don't give a shit about 16-minute quarters. I, don't, I really do not care. We play better when we've got two rucks in the team. So if Nankervis and Soldo aren't our two ruckmen this weekend... I'm going to fetting him, set fire to my own house. Oh, Jesus. Right? Just tell him this right now. I'm that I'm that frustrated that we're sticking with one ruck. Play two goddamn rucks. 
Or play yeah. a hybrid ruck, like Bolter. I reckon Bolter, if we had had Bolter or Chol, if we had either one of those to create a different dynamic, would have given a lot more value than having Marlon Pickett and Broaders well, rucking. Well, Tiggs, you raised something that I was sort of – I had my, my magic eight ball, you know, down I was sort of shining it the other day. <laughs> and we, we will agree that Jack, Jack – well, the one thing we do know, people, is Jack Rewalt is fit. He's not injured. He's fit. Understand that. Um, but he's he's obviously very much out of form currently, right? And that's fine. But he sort of made a point. I think he had a real big issue about um, playing away. I think Bolter, or, or that scenario that you're discussing, Tiggs, when we go play in a hub interstate, I think, seriously, I think maybe we we'll leave Jack at home and maybe we use that, that time, that five, six block, five, six block to develop a guy like Bolter, give him his shot. And maybe that's when you do bring him in, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's sort of where I see Bolter. Not not this week, um, but maybe once we hit the plane, hit the tarmac, maybe that's when we put him on the plane and leave Jack at home, which might be a bit controversial for some. I think you're right with the just going back to the two ruck argument. I think you're right. This is the week. I think we have to bite the bullet and do it. I mean, Ryder and um, Marshall. Yeah, you, you can't put in a small undersized player against them, and as, as right as unfit as Ryder might be at the moment, he's still a very good tap ruckman. If he's giving their mid-silver service, we don't need that. We don't need to put our backline under any more pressure than what they're currently under with the, the lack of running both ways. So, yeah, who goes out, though? If you bring in Nank, who misses? Because well, Dusty's going to come I back think, in as well, by the looks of it. I think, mate, I, I, I think, obviously, uh, poor old Rossi's got to go. So Dusty replaces Ross. Stack goes. Daniel Rioli goes. There's three on straight away Red Incan. No, you know what I'd do? It's honestly, I'd keep Ross in, I'd give him another week. He's got to get a bit of continuity. He's a young kid. His first game, don't drop him. What I would do, Stack hasn't done enough, right? He just hasn't. Um, I think we've gone with too many too many one-type players because we banked. We knew we had, you know, not the endurance to go throughout the game, so we've banked on their, you know, the mediums because they can run a little bit, um, uh, you know, they're a bit faster. And it's stinging us at the moment. So I'd replace um, Stack, who's a defender, and I'd put Bolter, who's been training in defence. He's taller. He can play a smaller role if he needs to, but using more as an offensive weapon. But, I reckon he would add more value. You got Liam Baker to come back in, so Stack. Yeah, I forgot to in. mention him. Yeah, I don't know. no, I'm not I'd, sure I'd where give, he's at. No, I'd give Stack out. Stack, bye bye. Go, go back and go back and train into form. I'll put Bolter in his place. I'd keep Ross in. Um, uh, I'd put this is a brave call, I know, but I'd say to Liam Baker. Um, mate, uh, actually, Liam Baker, you're taking short trial. I'll give you short a spell. His game was horrendous. I think he needs a bit of a wake-up call that he's not a permanent 22 player. He was horrendous. He was, he gave us nothing. And what we're looking at, this just shames me to say it, but we had players pull their pull out of contests, right? There's one not, very noticeable one, unfortunately. Yeah, Hawley and, I don't know, you know, what I saw was Hawley and Short um, pulled, physically did not want to get hit. Right? So there would be my two replacements. At the end of the day, clubs have certain standards. I'd say, I don't care how long you've been with us, um, short, a week off, um, Hawley, week off, um, and bring in Dustin Martin. And, yeah, it might change our mix a bit. We might have one extra extra in a line that we need, but who cares? Um, it's just – I think a statement needs to be said because I've, I've watched a lot of games and I haven't seen people shirking the contest – 
as in one match. I've never seen two Shirker contests since Brandon Ellis played for Richmond, and that's no disrespect to Brandon Ellis, but he used to do it fairly consistently. Out of the one player out of the team, he used to duck. He used to get scared. And it was just, look, it's not a slide on him. Some people just don't like getting hit from behind. They, he's brave when he hit Dangerfield because he saw the contact coming. So I'm not saying he's a coward or anything. But if ball's coming from behind, he ducks. It's self-preservation. Um, so I've always said, to, I didn't ever like it with Brandon, but, you know, that's him. I, never, I don't hold it against him. But Hawley and Short, no, nah, you're better than that. Um, what, you're better than that. What about the other one is the, the wing role, I think, is the other one that we're going to have big question to marks over it's the matchup on brad hill who we all know has got quite a bit of pace about him even though he's on the older side he's still very nippy and gets around the ground and it will break the lines and causes plenty of headaches i don't think caddy or graham are the answer especially graham um he's not got the toe to go with brad hill i don't think and i felt like graham played better and the game changed a bit when he went right into the guts and was extracting the ball but uh who else would you put on the wing to man up on a brad hill cb well, so the thing is, see, so, so Tiggs and I are differing on how we would pick the team because, well, like I said, I'd have Ross out. Um, but I tell, I tell you the one Smokey, before I answer that, I tell you the Smokey I would consider bringing in with Dan Rowley going out, I would look at Jacob Arts. He had a good yeah, game good in that scratch match as well from all the Arts, too. Arts is very – Arts can do the role that Daniel can do and he can hit the board, hit the scoreboard. So – because I had my sort of answers worked out for the question, so I'm sort of I'm sort of all over the shop in my preppy. But um, yeah, for mine, um, it sort of goes into the answer I had for Josh's question uh, with with sort of how I was approaching this game. Um, Graham's a lockdown player, right? He's not a halfback flanker. He's not a winger. He's a lockdown player. He made his name taking out key on ballers. So why in the name of Christ? Don't we put him in the middle where his strength is? Um, I think a guy who could run with um, Hill and do an okay job, depending on the selections, is possibly Camden McIntosh. Yes, yeah. McIntosh is the one guy, massive tank, and we know he's a very hard animal. Goes yeah, in very, and very hard. If the ball's in the air, he'll, he'll outdo him there as well. Yeah, but yep. he doesn't have the speed. See, he's 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 gonna, yeah, but he doesn't have the speed of Brad Hill. I'll do a bolter. I would go, okay, Bolter and Brad Hill on the wing. Yeah, Brad Hill's going to beat him probably um, at the start, but oh, Bolter's fast, like real fast. Um, and we can then exploit that in the air. Because we, we're, we're panicking, we're not panicking, but because we um, as not as fit as we can be, we're kicking the ball long and high, right, all the bloody time. So to be able to get someone that's taller to take some advantage to it, um, is going to help in that transition between defence and, and midfield and forward. So I would put Bolter. I'd go, yeah, you're going to lose some contests, but you're also going to win out in some. Um, and you know what, Bolter, when you're on the wing, you go straight forward, mate. Go straight forward. Get Brad Hill. Get in, And it's all going to come down to our midfield. Our midfield has to win this contest. Has to. Because, um, look, Brad at Frio, we've played Frio, we've pumped Frio. Brad, he he's a cream player. If their engine room's on top, he will damage you. He's like a side bottom. But if their engine room's not on top, it, it's like the Collingwood game. Yeah. No, that, that's a fair call. They've got some other good midfielders as well, though. I mean, oh, they uh, have. Jones going across still. They're, yeah, they're, they're looking good. I reckon their weakness on paper, and I know that's easier said than done kind of thing, but their back line looks to be their weakest line of the ground with Carlisle being sort of the standout player down there so and we know we get enough inside 50 but we've just got to make sure we're bloody effective this time because 
the last two weeks, there's just been no effectiveness going inside 50, and it's really hurt us. And we've got to convert too. We've got to, you know, make sure we take them take opportunities early. Agree. Yeah, agree. And our back line matches really well with their forward line. If they're forward, if they go into the same forward line, um, you know, with Hannah Berry, Marsh, you know, Jones, Ryder. Um, I think Ryder went in there a few times. Yeah, he'll rest down there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, memory. And then Butler. Now Butler, I love him. He's gonna he's gonna be a bit of an issue, but he's doing what Richmond used to do. He, he's gonna play his Richmond way. He's gonna run up like he was doing up into the wing and then running forward to help with that transition. So, um, but yeah, I agree. Their back line's really weak. Um, Jack Kyle, I was doing a wide, but you know Clark, Howard, Long, Patton, and Wilkie. Uh, no, if this is the game, this is the game where I think our forwards will get on top. I think this is the game if our forwards are going to get, you know, some games get you into form. This could be our opportunity because I'm really bullish and I think the Saints reckon they can beat us. All right, <laughs> Richmond's out of form. Let's not go ultra-defensive like Hawthorne and, and Collingwood at the start by flooding and all this sort of stuff once they've got a bit of a lead. They're just going to go, okay, we're going to beat them on our merits. And if they're behind, they're going to keep on attacking. And well, I think that's the type of game we need. The way the Saints are playing under Ratton is that they are yeah. playing very fast, um, fast-moving football. So they are really trying to run through the lines um, quite hard. So and we need that. that. There'll be opportunities. There'll that. be opportunities going back the other way. If they play this weekend the way they have played previously, yeah. we will have opportunities. Depending now, it depends where we sit Jack up. If you saw that last quarter, Jack played a bit higher up the ground, which means everyone sort of pushed up a bit, and we had space over the back which helped us get back into the game against Hawthorne. And I think there's an opportunity there as well if we if we just get our systems right. But anyway, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Right, we'll, no. we'll, do the, we'll do the tips and margin at the end of the show. We'll, um, yep, perfect. We'll swap back across to the listener questions. Perfect. The, uh, thanks again, everyone, for sending those these through, by the way. The first one was from Mark Lanyon on Twitter. Uh, so I'll answer this one. The question was, how do we miss shots directly in front with no crowd pressure? Looking at you, Lynch and Bolton. That Lynch one, I was really pissed off by that. I don't think anything can excuse that, to be totally honest. Um, but I suppose the only thing I could think of during the day was... Even if you were, say you were at training, whether it's at local club land or AFL world or whatever you want to do, you still got that pressure from your teammates to kick the goal if you're having a competition. So there's still going to be pressure there on the goal kicker from opposition. So it's not necessarily all crowd-based, but I think Tiggs touched on it a little bit as well. For later in the game, they're just out of gas, potentially, and on rubber legs. But um, no, that Lynch one was <laughs> it was pretty crucial. Um Next question was from Josh, so we'll give this one to you, CB17, and you've kind of already touched on this already. Uh, He would like your opinions on Dimmer's experiments, such as Ross and Graham hanging around the halfback and Brody's run in the centre. Is this something he'll persevere with, or will we see more traditional roles for them this week? Well, firstly, good evening, Josh. Um, Fantastic that you're listening to us. Um, So this is my answer. What made this team great was the coaching group not overthinking it playing players in the roles that made them great players, therefore making us a great team. As you heard me suggest previously, I'm a fan of two rucks. We won a flag with it. Broad is a defender. He's not a ruck. Graham's a lockdown player on the ball. He's not a defensive back six player. And Ross is an extractor, not a defender. Is Dimmer becoming the smartest man in the room? I just hope we get back to basics. So I would expect a more of a traditional Richmond team this weekend. So I don't think he'll be experimenting so much. All right. And another one for you, CB, from Dr. Daniel Quinn. Are Jack and Tom getting in each other's way? To answer that, g'day, Doc. I don't think so. I just think we're playing that bad. 
Um, that kick into the forward, the forward 50 from the 70 to 80 metre out has just been atrocious. If we had Jesus Christ playing full forward or centre forward, I don't think they would mark the ball at the moment. Um, but as I just touched on, interesting that in the last quarter against Hawthorne, Jack's game actually improved. So when we sort of moved the, the forwards up higher, all of a sudden Castagna and a few of those guys got involved in the game. And I think that's it's the system. We're a system-based team. Um, so I think we saw a little bit of that in that last quarter once we got our mojo. Um, but I definitely don't think Jack and Tom are getting each other's way. I just think you're looking at Jack, who's a bit out of form, and he's probably not getting to the areas he needs to get to at this stage. All right, one for you, TIG71 from David Mills. Sydney Stack, we've sort of mentioned him before, as being on the chopping block a little bit. What spots the issue there? Is it second-year blues? Is it fitness? What are you putting it down to? Um, David, thanks for asking the question, mate, and I hope you're well. Um, Look, there were rumours around Stack in the off-season, which... um, with me, I know I break um, players and stuff, but if I hear anything that might be negative with the club, I normally don't say anything. But I know a um, few people that are going to hear this have heard this um, about eight weeks ago. So I'll share what I know because it's sort of common knowledge um, that he um, enjoyed the off-season a bit too much. Um, when I saw him with his pink hairdo, I thought, oh, probably the rumours might be true. Um, and look, did he go in the mindset thinking he's he, smelling his own farts? Who knows? His performance has been bog average. Um but in saying that, the whole team's been bog average um, and he's a second-year player. So taking the emotion out of it, and I've been one of his harshest cri- critics, so I think he's going to be a 200-gamer you know, for the club if he gets his head right. Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think his head wasn't right um, in the off-season. Um, I think he's moved back in with Dimmer. Um, um, if, if that's if what I've heard is right. Um, and hopefully now, um, and obviously not having the training that he needed and all that sort of stuff, you know... What really disappoints me, last year and that off-season, um, before last year started, he actually got his own personal trainer. He worked his tail off and it showed. Why didn't he do it again this off-season? And that would be my question if I had him in front of me. So I think it's a bit his accountability, but I also think it's compounded the fact that the whole team's playing poorly as well. And he is a second-year player. So can he recover it? Yeah. Um, can he bounce back? You bet he can. Um, with his girlfriend, I don't like talking about their personal stuff. So, yeah, the rumour is the rumour. I don't want to really go into that. Um, but, yeah, look, hopefully he bounces back. Uh, another for you, CB, from Sinbad. Keen to hear your thoughts on Dan Rioli. Maybe not so much stack because we just heard about that. Um, and should we blood Thompson Dow, who, again, had a really, really good game in the scratch match that we had on the weekend? Arr, Sinbad, you salty dog. Arr, arr. Look, the reality is both. Oh, those please don't do terrible. pirate anymore. Don't do pirate anymore, please. <laughs> do you know how long I've oh. been to do that? <laughs> oh, well, I just got a picture of a white old fellow with no pants on. That's all. <laughs> Somewhere you, you in the on his headphones. Oh no. You, you have been getting my personal message. Well, I have. Fantastic. I have. I've, I've, checked, I've checked Tinder. Got <laughs> <laughs> grinder. No, right. So, Sinbad. Sinbad. Let's get back on. <laughs> the rallies, look, both those guys are terribly out of form. They need a spell. They're not, uh, but they're not on their own, right? So it's not, we're not bagging them out. They're just two two blokes, but they're just possibly the two worst blokes out of form at the moment. I don't think Dow, but as I previously hinted, I reckon Arts might get a look in. Um, I'm suspecting Baker and Martin to return this week. So I reckon that covers Stack and Ross. But the defensive forward, uh, Roland Rioli, I think Arts is the guy that could get a look in to play that role. He could be the smoky, but 
Having said that, Dow is definitely in the mix. He's looking good. I'm liking him. Uh, one for you, TX71. This is from This Could Be The Making Of Us. I heard Jake Melksham say that it's the teams that can maintain their cohesion and connectivity who will prevail. Seems like we're really lacking it. It's got to be difficult with training in smaller groups, etc. But the Hawks didn't seem troubled. How can it be rebuilt? Um, yeah, good call. Great call. Um, it looked pretty easily. It's just going to take um, our fitness levels to match up our to the game plan um, or the coaching um See, at the moment, I think we've just been hit blindsided a little bit. I think a lot of this is on us. We haven't prepared. We haven't expected, obviously, the season to pan out the way it has. Um, we believe, I reckon, a little bit hard of it would be all right, mate. You know, our talent will get us through. And teams have just mega flooded us. Um, just not flooded our forward line. They flood our, our back line. Wherever you get possession, they'll flood that contest. And we've got to work through it. Um, but what's great, I have confidence in the coaching group. We're the one club that kept the whole coaching group together. Um, so we've got the resources, to, at least, to be able to um, get a game plan again, tweaker our game plan to actually, you know, hopefully correct this pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, we just lack that synergy. Um, and I reckon it's got a lot to do with um, – see, I believe our game plan second nature to a lot of them. Um, generally, an off-season is designed to, if you want to add new systems – um, to change the game plan slightly, that's what that training's for. We haven't really had that. So that's where we're disconnected. Um, it's not because we don't care. It's not because we don't um, care for each other. And it's not a culture issue. It's because we're trying to do things. Some of the groups trying to do something that they've just been taught. Some are remembering to do it. Some it's not stuck with yet. Um, and normally in training will rectify that, and that hasn't happened. So I'm really looking forward to see what the coaches come out with the Saints this week. If we go back to, you know what, stuff it, boys. We're going to play how we played in 2019. Let's just do our game plan. Whatever happens, if they try to flood, then what we basically do is just bash that ball forward and just running waves. See if we go into that sort of mode. Um, and I hope we do. No, that's a fair enough answer. Uh, another one here for TIG71. This is from Dario Tiger. Uh, he says, this is something I don't really want to talk about, and I know it's very early um, in, in this weird season, but it is inevitable. If teams need to produce list size next year, who out of the current list is likely to be released from the team? Oh, it depends on... Yeah, look... Let, let's say, hypothetically, we've got to cut three, uh, four players. Who would your yeah, four be? Look, unfortunately, and this kills me to say it, but unfortunately, be a Mac, Macintosh would be one, unless he starts getting games and, you know... Um, Resements himself in the 22 because if he doesn't, I reckon Macca's Mac will be gone. I reckon Hooley will be forced to retire. I reckon anyone that's very close to retirement, like I've got a feeling Jack Rewalt um, might go, you know what, I've got one more season left in me or two more seasons, but you know what, we've got you know a couple of young forwards. I want to do coaching. Um, so we might do something like that. Not that I'm, I hope Jack Rewalt plays for another five years, but realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, and then it's going to be one of the kids that hasn't stepped up, unfortunately. I've got to worry that it might be RCD because um, he hasn't yeah, – he's, he's done really good things. Oh, right. Don't misunderstand me when I say this. You've asked me to go on a limb, so – and I'm projecting – you know, I'm putting the cart way before the horse here because the season's not over. But RCD started to show towards the end of the year that he, he clicked for him and, and his grand final was amazing. His final series was what you expect for a first-round draft pick. Why hasn't he been picked? I reckon it's you his know? size, but uh, I know yeah. I, I know what your point is. We need his size. That. We mm. need his size. We need. He's a big boy. He's ninety odd kilos. He's not a small boy. You know, we're playing young kids um, that are younger um, that are lighter than him. Show Bolton for one. 
You saw off his body weight. How come Shy's getting game and RCD's not? And we need someone in the midfield because our midfield's our Achilles. At the moment, we're losing our first quarter, as you mentioned, because we're getting split open in the midfield. So um, yeah, it's my concern. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But that's that'd be my guess this early in the season, mate. All right. And the last question is for CB17. And this is from one of the better Twitter handles going around at the moment. Uh, not a Tom Brown burner account. So very good. Um, the question is, why do so many of our fans revert back to the melting, like the glory days of the 37-year drought after one loss? Can I just say, first of all, fantastic name. I get a stupid grin on my face every time I, I read I really do. So thank you. That's a really good handle. Um, actually, the serious answer is, is this the price of expectation? We that used was to my melt thought. down. Yep. We used to melt down because we were just so useless and we just wanted our team to be better. So, you know, every kick that went 15 metres over Richo's head or bounced three metres in front of him on a lead, or we just used to go nuts and just wish we were the team that was probably flogging us at the time. Now we melt down because we expect to be better, and quite rightly so, because we know we've got the talent in the list. So I think that tension is always boiling under the surface when you're a Richmond supporter, particularly the older guys as well, you know, because we've lived through some very hard times. Um, and it's also should be noted that we are a very passionate supporter base. But yes, people, if you're out there, just calm down, be happy, just chill, Winston. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was expectation too, Jesus. It's, it's our DNA. Um, if you even breathe Richmond, you know, if you've got yellow and black blood, you melt for the positive, so the club needs your help. You get What do we do? We paid off our debt within one bloody off-season, um, and you melt if our performance is not good. We will never change. It's just part of what makes us unique. Who we are. That's, um, yeah, exactly right. That's why the players love us as well. Yeah. Oh, thanks to everyone for sending through your questions on Twitter. We might do that again on a more regular basis. It is good to sort of get the thoughts and the feelings of uh, the listeners out there, and hopefully we answered your questions how you wished. All right, before we wrap up, we'll get the prediction of margin uh, and winner after your fantastic effort last week, fellas, by going 80 and 90 points, and we didn't even kick over 40, so well done there. Uh, CP17, what are you going with this week? Oh, my God, now. Can I just say, the feedback on my margin was was a little strong in some cases. People took it a little bit seriously. And look, I've been copping emails from bloody Richmond players like Jack Rewalt, stop messaging me. I know I, I embarrass the club and I embarrass myself. And I, I, I hear I've got to look at myself. So I'm tempering the prediction this week. So I'm really, really sorry to all those people that took me seriously and probably put money on the game and stuff. Right. <laughs> I'm tipping us to win by 89 points this week. One point. Oh, good man. Good so, man. Good so man. we're going to go from scoring 39 points to about 140 in a week, everyone. So. That's it. Tom wins to kick 10. <laughs> uh, Tiger 71, what's your tip and margin? Yeah. Well, um, mate, we could go either way, right? I don't see this being a close game, even though, you know, I could play the safety bet and say, oh, look, if we do win, it's probably going to be by a kick, right? I don't think it's going to be a grinding game. I think it's going to be just helter-skelter. Um, the Saints are going to want it, actually. One of the, they seem to have built a side that wants the ball to move fast, which we normally love sides to do, and I think they're going to embrace that. So either we're going to win uh, by around our regulation 30 to 40 points or we're going to lose by 60, 70 points. Um, because if we don't take advantage of the turnovers, there are going to be many there. 
um, and we do this stupid kicking it long when we're on the wing, um, and they just rebound that ball and then run it across. We don't have the speed to catch them, not yet, because we don't have the legs. And if we try to keep up with them, um, by three-quarter, we're running on wobbly legs, and then I can see it's getting open up. But in saying that, I have faith that we've got a, a plan in place. I reckon we're... Um, I reckon with the no tackling, it's going to make us a little bit fresher, funny enough, this week. Um, so I actually predict us to win the game by 32. Tell you what, in point of fact, point of fact sorry, think, think it, about my margin, right? Just, yeah. just give me a, think about my margin, like, and please gamble responsibly. But if you want to make some serious <laughs> uh, cash, Mate, if you want to you make wanna some do, serious you cash properly, in COVID, your house on it. You're right. I'm saying take out a second mortgage and get on a spy <laughs> over him. 80 points, right? I'm just about telling you bills. Just it's fucking free money, people. It's free money. Free money. Come on. Have a crack. Just to quote Donald Trump, what do you got to lose? <laughs> you got to I lose. just like to say that this bet is the best bet in all bets. It's an amazing <laughs> bet. It's a great do bet. It. Do it. Just want to get your thoughts on this, CB. Did um, everyone sort of go sort of Tom Brown-like there with his... We, we could win, but we could also lose. Yeah, look, he sort of had his bets here. I'm just on Brown. That's it. Look, I made a call though. See what you're what you're glossing over. You made a. I actually made a you decision. Did. Though. You, you did. You did not making just, an actual decision. I just said, but my darker side of me is worried that you know because yeah. I've seen how that we might get opened up. So oh, I know. I know. But I reckon there's a five percent chance that it happens. So yeah, we'll I, win. I reckon we'll win by about eighteen points. I think. Yeah, I just like to see his kick over. 40 points for a start, and, and a goal oh, in the first quarter wouldn't be too look, much to ask, I wouldn't have thought. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if we kick three goals in the first quarter, it's, it's fucking game party on. time. Oh, it's party <laughs> time. I'm out in front of my house. We've scored. All I want, this is all I want, and I hope the listeners listen to this, I don't want to take us too much time. I just want to see Lynch and Rewalt able to actually go to a ball without getting blocked by the defenders and, getting a, and, and, and the umpire's not calling it getting grabbed from behind and the umpire's not scoring it. I saw, oh, it was disgusting. There was a contest where Rewalt was going to contest the ball. The Hawk defender grabbed him, pulled him to the ground before the ball went into the forward 50 yard and the umpire let it go, right? That sort of shit. I, I, I hope if they don't officiate that way, hopefully the club's made a big hoo-ha, sent the umpiring partner to tape and said, please explain. I hope that's happened because Collingwood got away with it. Hawthorne um, gave a small free kick, so I reckon they said, well, you know what, Basham blocked their Ryan. If we get kick, um, free kicks against us, so what? But just keep on doing it. And they got away with it. Um, so, yeah, no, I just want Rewalt and Lynch to have a fair game. If, I reckon, if they can beat their defender and have a fair game, I reckon then, yeah, they'll kick a score. All right, sounds good. And that was the final word there. So, TX71 and CB17, thanks so much for your time again tonight, guys. And hopefully we can come back on next week with a win under our belt. Fantastic. Load up, it's people. Great. Load, load up. up. Do not load, load up, up people. Load up. Load up. Michael's I want to see some Twitter feedback on you guys <laughs> loading it up. People don't realise, people think Michael's is like a really nice bloke. He's actually a bookie. So, just, you know... <laughs> Just hit me on the big big footy forums and I'll give you his you know bookie mobile number and oh, excellent. <laughs> All right guys, until next time, go tigers. Go tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!